Welcome back. <coughs> Excuse me. Ladies and gentlemen, 24's podcast. I am your host. 24, this is my podcast, 24's podcast. We are back. Really, we should have been back yesterday, Thursday. Pause the music. Recently, I've, I mean, I've talked about just how difficult everything has been. I mean, uh, like, okay, okay, for, hold on. Okay, super excited last week. I file for my college graduation this week, or technically it's community college. It's not actual college. It's, it's a baby school. I'm going to the big school in the fall. But I get, I file for it, right? File for it. Boom. It's done. My counselor's like, you got the credits. I get an email about it a couple of days later. Uh, the graduation person is like, no, 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 no. You don't have the credits. You don't got the credits. You're, you're a little bit light in the ass, so to speak. So I'm like, all right, I go back to my counselor. He's like, yes, you are a little bit light. And so I'm like, okay, like, uh, uh, what do I got to do? He's like, I'll give you an easy class that you can take. It's two hours, which is what I needed. I needed, I'm now on 18 hours instead of 16. He's like, you need two more hours. And then bada bing, bada boom, you got, you got your credits. You got them all. And I'm like, great. We fill out the paperwork. We get the new class done in order. It's on my schedule. It's online, by the way. It's online. And I check and I see when I start the class. And it's on spring break. Literally, the start of the class is on spring break. So, that's fun. But um, all last week, all I was doing was just drinking, chugging gallons of gallons of gallons of water. Or not water, excuse me, but coffee. I mean... I was drinking so much coffee that my pee started to smell like it. it. Smelled like coffee. For like hours and hours and hours on end. I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is ridiculous. And so last night or yesterday, by the way, I took all of my tests last last um not last week, excuse me, this week. I took all of my tests. I got a 90 and 1. Absolutely smashed it straight out of the park. Straight out of the pack, Fenway fucking pack. Straight out of the pack. <clears throat> and um, I got a ninety on it. And um, I think I got. I, I think I made. I think I got good grades on for the most part all of my, all of my um, all of my tests. But late yesterday, because I haven't drunk coffee in almost. A week or something like that. I start to go through caffeine withdrawal. Which, if you don't know what it what caffeine withdrawal is, it's like essentially having like a massive hangover. And so my body started to like heat up. I started to get a massive headache. I try and manage it. It doesn't doesn't do anything. And then I, I'm like, let me sleep for 10, 20 minutes. I, I wake up at 5 o'clock this morning. I'm like, oh my god, I forgot to record the podcast. And I still had withdrawal, by the way. Like I'm an addict. Like I'm a drug addict. This is why I don't drink coffee. I hate going through withdrawal. It sucks so much. But I went to go get four hash browns and an orange juice, some sunflower seeds and some hair, airheads. And now I'm like, I, I go from like, oh my God, I can't record the podcast right now to I have a mild headache. I mean, I was light sensitive this morning. Like, like I was staring at my phone. I was like, get that 
thing away from me. It makes me nauseous, and it gives me a headache at the exact same time. I'm like, how can this, how can this happen? It's, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. Like, I could only imagine how bad that would have been. Like, how bad having that withdrawal would have been, like, yesterday, when I had to take a very important test. It's ridiculous. I've taken a test practically every single day this week. So I apologize for that, especially during Super Bowl week. I don't mean to miss a day during Super Bowl. We're going to we're gonna essentially clear out for the rest of the weekend. We're going to have another podcast Saturday and Sunday. Unpause my music, please. Jesus Christ. But, um, oh, this is my favorite part of the song. NFL honors, I haven't seen a lick of it. I don't know who's won it. We're going to talk about it. I got a lot of other stuff. This is probably going to be a two and a half to three and a half hour long podcast. We're also going to pre- uh, preview, excuse me, the Super Bowl. I don't really know how I'm going to watch the NFL honors. I've never watched it on the podcast because, my God, I hate award shows. But I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood because I liked the Grammys. I liked the performances. I liked some of who won. I actually liked a lot of who won, to be honest with you. And I liked who was nominated. Anyway, we're going to talk about it, ladies and gentlemen. Right here. 24's Podcast. You know, honestly, sometimes whenever I'm buying stuff, you know, because I buy a lot of stuff, maybe not a lot of stuff, I haven't bought anything since like Christmas, but whenever I'm buying stuff sometimes, sometimes I think, man, is this going to be worth it? There's times where I realize later on, no, it wasn't really worth it to buy this thing or that thing or whatever, but for the most part, a lot of my purchases have been absolute slam dunks. And let me tell you something. About four years ago, during the pandemic, two movies came out that I had heard of. I don't. I, I knew one, The King of Staten Island. I knew of that movie because it was directed by Judd Apatow. It had uh, Pete Davidson and Bill Burr in it, in it, excuse me, and Marissa Tomei, and I was excited for it because I liked the cast and I liked the director. I had absolutely no idea what the premise was of the movie, but I liked it. And I liked the characters in the film. And I liked the movie overall. And so I got that movie. And another movie that I saw and rented on Amazon was Promare. Promare is this anime movie about a firefighter versus a fire starter. It's a great movie. It's a, if you like action, if you like mech, if you like great soundtrack, great songs, great action, it's, it's a great movie. And I was watching, and I bought it 
I rented it during the pandemic, and when it had a physical release, I bought it immediately. And I saw it a couple of days ago after school when I was kind of unwinding from all of the stress, all of the tests. Oh my God, I got tests all over the place. And I'm unwinding from it and I'm coming down and I'm watching all the, and it's, and it's late at night. I mean, I'm watching this movie like, you know, with a couple of hours left before it's like one o'clock in the morning. And I think, didn't I, I, I don't remember if it was when I watched like Barbie and Promare in the same day. I think it was the day after. I was watching something after. But I watched Promare and I was getting into the fights. I was getting into the action. I fast forwarded through like a huge portion of the movie because that's like the story and stuff like that. I, I skipped a lot of the story. And I went back to the action, to the fighting, and I mean, I was just into it. It's it's kind of goofy. It's kind of funny. But I mean, that's anime. That's anime, baby. I love it. Yes. Come on! Uh. Excuse me. But, Promare, awesome movie. Awesome animated movie. Oh, God. I'm watching the NFL. I just I just tuned in to the NFL Honors. NFL Award Show. We're here to watch the MVP. It should be Lamar Jackson. It should not be Brock Purdy or um, or Dak Prescott. They, they Unfortunately, Dak, like, Dak had a great season, but he, he's not going to win it, unfortunately. Let me try and fast forward it. <clears throat> I just, I hate, I myself hate how much, like, just ridiculous garbage is in some of these award shows. Like, they always have to have a monologue from a comedian. Uh, like, Keegan Michael Key, I, I liked what he did on Key and Peel. obviously. I thought, I thought he was great. But it's just, eh, I don't know. I mean, I'm watching it, and I'm just like, I'm watching the, uh, I knew it! I was like, I'm watching the promo, and the intro for it has the Cirque du Soleil in it, because why not? They're in Vegas, of course they gotta get the Cirque du Soleil. I've never seen the Cirque du Soleil, but I knew it when I saw a girl spinning from a wire on her hair. I was just like, this is ridiculous, this is the Cirque du Soleil. They do some weird-ass shit all the time. Normally, I would be perfectly fine with it, but it's just like, this is just out of place. It's just, why, like... Why, like, why is the Cirque du Soleil performing at an NFL honors or at an NFL award show? This is why I hate this shit. It's like the Oscars, or not the Oscars, but the Grammy is like, hey, we're not going to do this mess. What we're going to do is we're just going to have our performers perform. Like, this is a two-hour long award show. Why is it two hours? Why is it two hours? Why is it, why is it two hours? It should be an hour to an hour and a half with the ads. This should not be a long-ass fucking story. Or not story, but fucking uh, thing. I mean, I'm 10 minutes into the recording. I haven't seen a single award. 12 minutes now. I Like, how fucking ridiculous is this? This is a eighth. I'm at 15 minutes now. I'm, I'm like, really cooking. I'm really booking it through the fast forward. I'm, I'm 16 minutes in. And I get my first award. It's Micah Parsons and some girl. I don't know who that is. For like half a second, I was like, is that Patrick Mahomes' wife? I don't know. It's Offensive Rookie of the Year. 
I think I guess we're just gonna jump right in. I don't really know who's nominated. I don't really know who's up for a lot of the awards. I'm not gonna lie to you because I haven't really been paying attention to it. Because to be honest with you, some of this stuff doesn't really matter. I'm just here for some entertaining. I'm I'm here for the MVP, but I'll just watch the entire show to begin with. So nominations, it's it's gonna be Stroud. I don't even know who the nominations are, but it's gonna be C.J. Stroud. Like they nominated Jameer Gibbs, who was great at times. I was shocked that, to be honest with you, he didn't have more performance or more carries. Uh, I kind of blame Dan Campbell and the offensive coordinator of Detroit for just his lack of touches. But hey, it is what it is. They have Puka Nasua out there. Weird stuff coming out of the Rams where it's just like Puka Nakua just got 1,400 yards like it was nothing. Same thing goes for Cooper Cup. Almost had 2K, or he did have 2K the year they won the Super Bowl in 2021, I think. Just ridiculous stuff coming out of Los Angeles. And then B. John Robinson gets a nomination, which I think is a I think is ridiculous. I think B. John Robinson getting excuse me, a nomination for rookie of the year when he really didn't do anything that impressive is a bit ridiculous. I mean, sure, we all know he's great, but I hated the way Atlanta utilized him. Hold on, Mike is giving me the award. Who is it? With those god awful Microsoft Surface tablets. They still use those Surface tablets. God, NFL. Get a sponsorship by Apple. Get the fucking iPads. Everybody knows you use them. It's... Yeah, there we go. I was like, it's CJ Stroud. Obviously. As it should be. Future quarterback for... Or not future quarterback, but future great quarterback. Or technically speaking, he's really a current great quarterback. Current... Real... um, what He won his division... As well this year, almost beat the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs in Baltimore. He had a really phenomenal season. Baltimore was the one seed, by the way. Great season by him. Uh, Can we get him another wide receiver, please? Just another one. I feel like he does need another one, to be honest with you. Whether it's Nico Collins or uh, Tank Dell, I I just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just me. I just... I don't think that it's like, I don't think that that's probable, right? Like that Nico Collins and Tank Dell can both get like over a thousand yards consistently. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. As DeMar Hamlin is presenting, presenting some award for next gen stats. It's the Dak Prescott touchdown to CeeDee Lamb. It's like, thank God that no Cowboys are there. Thank God. Dak isn't there because I think he's about to have his kid. CeeDee Lamb isn't there because he's not there, and thank God he's not. And they give it to the Cowboys, and Micah Parsons has to accept the award on behalf of his teammates, but, I mean, like, like, I don't care. Nobody cares. Everybody's annoyed and mad at the Dallas Cowboys. I'm annoyed and mad at the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, my gosh. Anyways. Super Bowl this weekend, we will cast it. I'm going to have another Music Matters podcast tomorrow on Saturday. I'll talk more in depth about the Super Bowl probably when this is over. I mean, like, there's so much shit in here that's so unnecessary. I'm almost a quarter of the way through it. I'm at 24 minutes on the recording of a two-hour-long broadcast, and I've seen two awards, one that I cared about, one that I, one I cared about but didn't 
really care about, but I because I kind of knew that who was going to win it, and that was CJ Shroud. The other one, I didn't even know existed. As Keegan-Michael Key is making or attempting to make more jokes. Take a shot. It, like, take another risk. If you're, if you're, you know, one of these award ceremonies or shows, take a shot. Take a risk. Get somebody that's going to do something interesting on the night. Like, Jay-Z bashing the Grammys while he's winning an award at the Grammys. Fantastic. You know, I need to see a little bit of something else. You know what I mean? As I'm watching Deion Sanders give me the next award. Just, gosh, man. I just want to see who's going to win. Okay. And he takes off his shades, too, so you know it's serious. Okay, they're going to give me Defensive Player of the Year now. 30 minutes in? It's like 30 minutes in, you're going to give me one of the best awards? What else do you have? <clears throat> They're going to give me Defensive Player of the Year. Micah Parsons is nominated. Miles Garrett is nominated. TJ Watt. What's his name? The Detroit, not Detroit. Um, What's his name? What's his name? Max Crosby. He's nominated as well. Good, good list, right? Deron Bland is there as well. Good list. It's probably going to go to either... I think it's going to go to Miles Garrett because everybody's tired of TJ Watt, right? Like, everybody's like, oh, we're tired of how awesome he is. He doesn't get the award. No, no, no. Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett, granted, credit to him, he had an amazing year. TJ Watt was on a Pittsburgh Steelers team that wasn't very good, right? I mean, I think they went to the playoffs, right? But it's just like the fact that I said I think they went to the playoffs kind of says it all without saying it. I think Miles Garrett, who's on a really, really awesome Cleveland Browns defense. It's just their offense was a mess. I think it's Miles Garrett. Hold on. It's Miles Garrett, right? Yeah. I mean, goodness gracious. I could, it's, it's Miles. It's Miles Garrett. And it was obviously going to be Miles Garrett. It wasn't going to be either one of the Cowboys, not because of the final game of the season, but because of just Miles had played at a at a stupendous level all season long, I would have given it to TJ. I think TJ's probably been the best defensive player in the year of the year, or excuse me, best defensive player in the NFL for the last two years. It's just Pittsburgh is a god awful football team. <laughs> I'm like, they they just are. They're like, oh, they they have a winning record. Oh, they go to the playoffs, and it's just like, yeah, but they we all knew they were a first round elimination. Like we knew, like out of all 14 teams in the playoffs, we knew. More likely than not, they were going to, not even more likely than not, we knew that they were going to be, not even going to be, we knew out of all 14 teams, they were the worst team in the playoffs this year. So, there you go. Miles Garrett won it. I don't, like, to me, personally speaking, it feels like the only award that matters is the MVP, right? It doesn't feel like, like, I don't know how many defensive players of the year J.J. Watt has. I know he has multiple, but at the exact same time, I also am like, to me, it just doesn't really do a whole lot for somebody's career. Like, we don't say about a person, like, this person has X Defensive Player of the Year awards or whatever. By the way, um, Kirk Cousins and Cam Jordan are dancing with a bunch of shirtless men while they present an award. 
Also, this was like after Kirk Cousins had an Achilles injury as well. It's very awkward. It's very weird. I don't understand why they would do this. I don't even understand the matchup of it, right? Because Cam Jordan said something interesting about Kirk Cousins. Cam Jordan said that, um, that like a fast, like um, a slow, good decision is good for us. It's good for the defense. We call that Kirk Cousins, right? Like he said that, I think, at a pass rushing uh, academy or whatever, or, or the pass rushing school that they do in the summer, whatever it's called. He said like, like smart and slow is good for us. We call that Kirk Cousins or whatever, whatever he said. And I was like, why would the NFL pair these two together? They kind of have like a little bit of beef, to me at least. I don't know. It is what it is. But it's just like, eh. It's just a weird matchup. And then them pretty much dancing on stage like a bunch of strippers. It's very weird. So they give me the Defensive Player of the Year award. Or not Defensive Player of the Year. But again, it's like they give me Defensive Rookie of the Year after Defensive Player of the Year. And Najee Harris is like, Will Anderson won it? I was like, I thought Jalen Carter would have won it because any defensive guy wouldn't shut up about Jalen Carter and how awesome Jalen Carter is. And then it's just like, Will Anderson had like an all right season, you know, for a rookie. Really for like, a good, or really for like an NFL player, but like rookie of the year. So like, I don't know. But again, I, I don't think it matters. Like in two years, we won't mention that Will Anderson is the defensive rookie of the year. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, again, it's like the only award that matters is the MVP. We never talk about rookie of the year, offensive player of the year, et cetera, et cetera. And again, what's up with the scheduling of the awards, right? Like the Grammys at the very least, has the consideration to know that everybody wants to know who the album of the year is, that wants to know the record of the year. So they're like, yeah, we're going to schedule that for the end of the show to keep our audience's attention. NFL, you've given away like one of the biggest awards of the night, Defensive Player of the Year. 30 minutes. No sense. None whatsoever. What am I watching? What is this? Tommy DeVito is nominated for some... Like, they're showing me some clip of Tommy DeVito. I don't get what's going on. Bud Lot Celebration of the Year. Oh. Oh. Okay. By the way, like... It is very obnoxious to have a sponsor in front of an ad. Or not in front of an, an ad. In front of a award. Like, the Bud Light Celebration of the Year. It's like, what? Jesus Christ. Oh my gosh. Wait, did Tommy DeVito win it? Yeah. As I just saw Taylor Lauren, Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriend, I saw her, him. Tommy DeVito won Celebration of the Year because he did the Italian thing, the Maron Mia, you know, the, the Maron Stugatz, what the fuck are you doing, you know? Like, that's the Celebration of the Year? Jesus Christ. Can, can we introduce that award early on so that way I don't have to watch it and wait in anticipation why is Roger Goodell on stage oh this is the Walter Payton man of the year award Dak Prescott isn't there so he can't present it and I think Walter Payton's son is there and his daughter so okay I like this because like all right I'm gonna say this controversially 
maybe not controversially, like, hey, we all love philanthropy. We all love, you know, people that give back and all that good stuff. Love it, right? Love charity work. Love phil- uh, philanthropy, okay? I don't think really anyone cares about the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Like, it's a, it's a prestigious award for NFL members and for NFL players. But I do I think, like, the fans care about the award? No. Do I care about the award? It kind of depends on who is actually doing philanthropy. Like, if somebody is actually doing something good and well and, like, and is well-deserved, yes, then I care. But if somebody is just, like, kind of participating and we're throwing out participants for the award, then that's when I'm like, I don't think the award really matters and they don't, they cut to commercial. As they introduce the nominees, they cut to commercial. Oh my gosh. One of the main issues that I've disliked with this award is trying to essentially put it in the same category as the MVP, right? Like, this is an important award. It's It may be important to players, but it's not important to the majority of people that watch the NFL. Sorry, not sorry. <clears throat> I don't even think that's controversial. I think that's speaking the quiet part out loud. <clears throat> Anyways. Oh, gosh. All right, we move past that. Man, this award show, just the organization of it sucks. My God. Because there's just not a lot of content, right? That's, That's it, right? There's not a lot of content, and they have to figure out some way to like fill time. They're like this is a 2 hour long TV show. We have to waste all <laughs> we have to waste a lot of time. Oh my gosh. What is this? What the fuck? They have an award flag. What is this? Flag players of the year? What? Get the fuck out of here, bro. Get the fuck out of here. What the fuck is this? What is this mess? They have an award for flag football players why why do they do this when nobody cares oh my gosh oh my god now it it should have been an hour you know what even an hour's pushing it it should have been 30 fucking minutes 15 minutes of ads you present the rookie player. They're giving some award to Tom Grossi now for being fan of the year. What? Oh, get the fuck out. Get get out. Get out. Get out of my face. Jesus Christ. Oh, my gosh. This is the last time I'm doing this. This is the, I'm like, this is the first time. I'm 27 minutes into the podcast. First and last time that I'm doing this. First and last time I'm doing this. I don't want to see. I like now. I, I'm watching Tom Grossi get bullied on the stage. He looks like he's about to cry by like some celebrity that I don't even know. It's ridiculous. Because I also am now getting Coach of the Year awards, which, by the way, I don't think matters either. Like, I don't think Coach of the Year matters in the NFL or in the NBA because it like there's so many times where I'm like, this is the co- this is the best coach of the year. like this year. It should be Andy Reid. It should be Andy Reid. It should be Andy Reid. Right? It should have been Andy Reid last season as well. Like, that's who should have won Coach of the Year. But instead, it's a very subjective award as to, like, who has the best improved team in the NFL. And or who has, like, done a lot with a little bit, 
but also isn't actually competitive with the top, right? It's probably going to go to Dan Campbell this year. That's what it's looking like because he's nominated. I I would I would think Dan Campbell is actually a very very good winner of the award. Like some people would have said D'Amico Ryans, some people would have said Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan probably should have won it once or twice as well because he's actually carried bums to the Super Bowl like Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy. Hold on, hold on. Oh my god, and they fucking get the name wrong as they announce it. It's Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns over Campbell and D'Amico Ryans over Kyle Shanahan. Is Stefanski a better coach than than Shanahan, than Ryans, than Campbell, than Reed? Reed isn't even nominated. He's not nominated. How's he not nominated? He's not nominated. He's in the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. I'm, like again, it's like how how do you how do you go for a guy right? How do you go for a guy in Stefanski who didn't even get to the AFC divisional round or like you know let alone the Super Bowl, and you got a guy that's been do that that's been in the fucking AFC championship game for the last six years? Granted, it's because of Patrick Mahomes. Ridiculous! It's ridiculous. It's like can you see my frustration with this award show? I can. I was like, this is going to be a two hour long, two hour and a half long podcast. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm very annoyed. Very annoyed with the NFL. As the NFL constantly keeps on promoting that god awful show, Good Morning Football, which nobody watches anymore because really two of the main draws to that show and Nate Burleson and Kay Adams. Kay Adams is kind of doing her thing. I'm not going to lie to you. She's doing her thing. I mean, I didn't know how how successful she was going to be solo, but I mean, she's getting great interviews. She's getting great content. I don't really watch it, but she's getting some really, really great interviews, at least in my opinion. I was like, damn, Case, Case kind of doing her thing. Anyways, as I get more Keegan, Michael Key, and old guys. Also, I want to watch who gets into the Hall of Fame. The only two reasons why you should watch the NFL honors is a number one, who wins the MVP and then B number two is who gets into the hall of fame. And now they have magicians. They're doing magic tricks. I mean, usually I would like these guys anywhere, everywhere. Why the fuck do you do this at an award ceremony? And of course they call out the stooge Goodell to get on stage with the magicians, make his ass disappear to Mars. Get his ass out of the NF. Get put him in a sinkhole. Send his ass into a black hole. I mean, it really make him disappear. Put him se- seven feet in the fucking ground. My God. Ugh, Jesus Christ. Of course, they have to fill fucking time. Why is this two hours long? And Barry Sanders comes out instead of Goodell, which it's just like, yeah. Because that's what people want to see. That's that's why people came to see this award ceremony. I'm an hour in now. I'm an hour in. And I've seen, I mean, I've seen some pretty good awards. Offensive Player of the Year should be next, though. God, they have an hour left. I'm really tempted to just Google the rest of the awards. Offensive Player of the Year. That's tough. 
Dak is nominated, Lamar is nominated, Tyreek Hill is nominated. You know what may happen? Dak Prescott may win Offensive Player of the Year, or it may be CeeDee Lamb that wins it. If Josh Allen's nominated, that's an option. Or, you know what could be? Here, here's, here's my final two picks. I'm locking them in. It's going to be Dak Prescott or Christian McCaffrey. And the reason why it's going to be those two guys is it's going to be a consolation prize, right? Like, people are... I understand human psychology. Most people aren't actually going to do like what's real and what's fair. A lot of people are going to be very, very subjective. They're not going to be objective. So what people are going to do is they're going to say, well, Lamar's going to win the award, right? Because that's just uh, like uh, the MVP award, excuse me. But who we're probably going to give a consolation prize to is Dak Prescott or Christian McCaffrey, Dark Horse, Tyree Kill, but he's not one of my picks. Dak Prescott, Christian McCaffrey, I'm locking it in. It's one of the two. Let's see it. Offensive player of the year. Hold on. Boom! I got it! Sniped him! 360 no-scope! Get him the fuck up! Get him out! I knew it! What did I fucking tell you, right? Everybody was like, let's clap it up for Christian McCaffrey. Let's clap it up for Christian McCaffrey. Woo! We're going to give him a consolation prize. We're going to, he's not the MVP, but he's the offensive. We got, we're going to give him a participation trophy. We're going to give him a participation trophy. He's not the MVP, but we're going to give him a participation trophy, right? There you go. There you go. I like. If it's one thing that I can kind of know and I can kind of guess is like human psychology. I'm like, I know, I know what these motherfuckers are going to do. They're so bland. They're so boring. So vanilla. So predictable. My God, is Christian McCaffrey is giving me a speech. He wants the MVP. Everybody wants to win the MVP. Defensive players would rather win the MVP than the Defensive Player of the Year award. You can't rebrand the MVP either. You can't be like the the Defensive Player of Year of the Year award is the MVP. For defensive players of the for defensive players, but nobody cares. Nobody, I don't care. As I'm watching a very tan, Rich Eisen for some weird reason, and Tony Gonzalez, on my screen, and there's the Hall of Fame. That's how they nominate them. An hour in, hour and ten minutes in, they nominate the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Which, by the way, I kind of like. I I don't know. I kind of. They have them, like, rising from a stage instead of having them individually come out. I kind of like it this way to some degree. Let me see. I already saw that Dwight Freeney was in. Steve Smith Sr. got snubbed again because I don't see a short guy there. So... As Rich Eisen does his best to... God, man, Rich Eisen is so boring sometimes. Oh, my God. But Dwight Freeney deserves it. I feel like Steve Smith Sr. should have deserved it last year. He's not in. As they're showing me Michael Irvin. Andre Johnson! Great pick! There you go. There you go. He deserved it when he was first nominated. Great job. That's that's a good one right there. Dwight Freeney, Andre Johnson. Should have been in the hall a long time ago. 
Of course, whenever they nominate a wide receiver, they're only going to put in one. Unless it's like T.O. and Randy, you know. Randy Gratishar. I have no idea who that is. I'm young. I'm young. I'm too young. He's probably playing and then retired before I was born. Patrick Willis. I know him. You know what I hate about the Pro Football Hall of Fame? They put a cap on certain players, right? Like, they'll only have a certain amount of wide receivers in the Hall of Fame, like nom- like going into the Hall of Fame on, a, on one year. Like, for example, they have two linebackers this year, one wide receiver. I'm like, eh, eh, eh. Kind of disagree with that. Steve McMichael as well. He gets in. Fair. Devin Hester? What? Odd pick, not over Steve Smith Sr. Not I don't I don't care about his ability as a returner. Don't care. By the way, Reggie Wayne? Julius Peppers is an awesome pick. Get kick out Devin Hester and slot in Steve Smith Sr. or Reggie Wayne, and you have a really, really awesome, awesome class, I think. Uh, I'm not really like too mad at this, but Devin Hester over Smith Sr. or fucking Reggie Wayne, like, how does that happen? But overall, I kind of like the class, uh, this year's class as well. Dwight Freeney, Andre Johnson, Randy Gratishar, I said Sheer, I think. Shar, Patrick Willis, Steve McMichael, Devin Hester, Yuck, Julius Peppers. Except for Devin Hester, really, really great draft. <laughs> I said draft. Really, really great class. My God, uh, are some of the uh, the classes in the last couple of years just ridiculous? But yes, um, I like this class. I like it. It's not really um, that contrarian. There's not a lot of picks where I'm like, oh my God, I hate that one. Maybe the Devin Hester one. I remember one year, like a, a kicker or a referee got in, and I was like, how do they get in over Steve Smith Sr.? How does that happen? Or Reggie Wayne. It's getting to that point where it's getting a little bit ridiculous that Wedgie. That Reggie hasn't gotten in yet. So uh, we'll see what happens later on. They have 45 minutes. They've announced every single significant award. They have 45 minutes for the rest. Because it's a two-hour broadcast. You know what I liked about NBA on the TN- on TNT? Oh, my God. And Kyle Bryant is out. He's got, he's got his fucking... Dumbass stick. I'm fast forwarding through this. The angry runs bullshit. I would. He has that stupid ass fucking scepter. Why don't you ram that scepter right up your fucking ass, you idiot? I I shit you not. After watching the WWE last night, Kyle Brandt literally tries so hard to be a fucking like a a WD WWE personality. You know, like a WWE wrestler. He tries and he fails miserably every single year. He comes off as, you know, as trying way too hard, having a hacky approach. It's just, it's just so fucking stupid. Oh my gosh. I haven't any, and he takes up so much fucking time too. I mean, the amount of time that he's taking to present this award, the Angry Runs Stupid Ass Scepter of the Year Award or whatever it's called. The amount of time that he's taking to present this fucking award is like double the amount of time that it takes to present an award normally. And then he gave it to Najee Harris. Okay. 
and the Jim Brown Award, an award that I once again didn't know existed, uh, goes to Christian McCaffrey because he's the best running back in the. You know what I? You know what I like about college football? They have awards based off of position, right? And then they have the Heisman. They don't go through all of this superfluous, uh, just fat of an award show where they're like, we'll have an angry run. We'll have a, uh, and what, whatever, whatever the fuck it is. And now Gail King is, I, I don't know why she's there, but she's presenting something. I, 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 I can't watch this. Oh my gosh. It's just, it's just it, like, now we're not even talking about football. Oh God. Oh my gosh. I'm just fast forwarding through everything now. Ray Lewis is there. Oh gosh. They they have what is it? A memorandum thing and Dick Buckus is headlining it. I think this is appropriate. Okay. As wow. They keep cutting from pictures of people that have passed to the band, so I'm so it so I was like a little bit confused because I was like, okay, now it's gonna be over, and then they were like, nope, it's not over. We got more. Oh, I gotta record the the Nickelodeon broadcast of the Super Bowl. Give me like two seconds. Nickelodeon. I keep like, like Nickelodeon will have a Super Bowl broadcast with SpongeBob, Patrick, and I think Sandy is gonna be the sideline reporter. And let me tell you something. I have been waiting for this all my fucking life. I've been waiting for this. I'm not going to miss SpongeBob casting the Super Bowl. I don't give a shit about Tony Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Like, uh, Jim Nance came on and he was like, we're trying our best. Tony is, I, I don't, I, like, Tony doesn't get the slack. And da, 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 da. Like, nobody likes Tony Romo. Tony Romo had a really cool shtick. A couple of years ago where he would predict plays before the snap. And I was like, that's awesome. Keep doing that. And then he's like, he either gets it from the big boys upstairs or whatever. He's like, uh, they're like, no, 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 don't do that. If I was Tony, I'd be like, fuck you. It's good for the broadcast. People were bitching and moaning about it all year long. Like literally Tony Romo predicted the play that I think won the Patriots, the Super Bowl, or not the Super Bowl, but the AFC Championship game in 2018. It was awesome. Watching Tony be able to... Accurately predict plays was awesome. Now he just sits in the booth with a thumb up his ass, just doing nothing. I'm sick of it. And Jim Nance has absolutely no fucking right to go on the airways and say and try to defend Tony Romo when Tony Romo is undefensible. Michael Vick and Taraji P. Henson are presenting a award i think this is comeback player of the year yep all right is it gonna be joe flacco this year or is it damar hamlin oh it's probably gonna be damar hamlin it's like joe flacco baker mayfield damar hamlin it should be probably damar hamlin right because he actually oh it's joe flacco if we're not gonna give it to damar hamlin why aren't we giving it to like ugh, god i Oh God! I, I I'm I'm a little bit annoyed. I just oh my gosh! All right, moving on. Joe Flacco won it. Congratulations to him. I just 
What are we fucking doing? My God, man. What are we doing? It's almost over with. In all honesty, I'm kind of glad that I didn't record a podcast last night because I would I would have been irked. I would not have been happy at all about this. My God. Holy smokes. Who is this? A There is a woman or a girl in a butterfly dress. I was like, is she a flag football player? I can't remember. Or is she an executive? They showed her like multiple times throughout. Throughout. Who is this? Give me like two seconds. I'm like, is she important? Is she like an NFL person? Like a management person? I'm like, how important is she? I don't know. I'm, I don't want to hear her speech. <laughs> I'm like, who is this person? She sounds important. They kept on panning the camera to her. I don't know. What is it? Changemaker Award. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> There's too many awards now. Too many awards. Too many awards. You know what's cool about the Grammys? The Grammys is like, we understand, like, we have a lot of nominees. We have a lot of nominations. We have a lot of genres of music, et cetera, et cetera. We will not broadcast them on the air because we will try and entertain our audience. We will try and streamline this television program to make it as appetizing and as intriguing as we possibly can. The NFL's like, nope. Fuck that. We're going to have all the fat. Every single ounce of it. All of it. I want all the fat. And that's what they did. They got all of the fat. All of it. <clears throat> Anyways. As I am... Watching whatever... It, now I got Salute to Service... Still no MVP, though. Okay. So there's a Salute to Service Award, which, again, is yet another award that I didn't know existed. NFL. Why are you... Why? Why do you have an award that nobody knows existed? Now they have Miles Teller. Is this the MVP? Yes. Okay. Controversy. Controversially speaking, I think maybe a football player should... Josh Allen is nominated? Okay. Maybe it's just me. I think a football player should, I don't know, give the MVP to a football player! Yes, but they're showing Dak Prescott. Dak's not going to win it. He's not going to win it. Showing Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy should not win this whatsoever. Lamar Jackson, they're showing his highlights, how awesome he's been, even throughout the playoffs. <clears throat> and now they're also showing me Josh Allen as well, which I don't even know how Josh Allen is even nominated for like two or three weeks of awesome play, and then he gets booted by Mahomes in the playoffs. I just, I don't know. And then Christian McCaffrey is also nominated as well, which how can you have uh, how can you have two guys be the MVP of the league that are also on the same team? Like how can it be Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey? Like but like and Nick Wright says that it makes this argument the best, right? 
Brock Purdy isn't the fifth best offensive player on the team, right? Or maybe he is, but he like there is in no particular order. There's like, yeah, no, he's like the sixth or the fifth, right? Like there's Trent Williams, no particular order, except for when it comes to Brock Purdy, he's like last, but it's like Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. Those are five players. You can maybe argue, well, Brandon Ayuk isn't better. Okay, so we'll say four players are better than Brock Purdy when it comes to the offense on the team. And then it's like Fred Warner, Nick Bosa. How is he the MVP of the league? He's not the fifth best offensive player on his team. And if he is the fifth, and if he is the fifth, he's definitely not the fourth. It's just it's just like the mental hurdles and the delusion and the cognitive dissonance that people have to employ to nominate with a straight face Brock Purdy to be the MVP is insane to me. He should not win this award. He should not win it. <clears throat> Neither should Christian McCaffrey. I don't even know why Christian McCaffrey is nominated. And Lamar wins it. The reason why I say I don't know why he's why he's nominated, him being Christian McCaffrey, is I'm like, I've seen similar seasons from other running backs in the league. Like, for example, like Alvin Kamara had a great season a couple of years ago. Not a peep. Not a peep. Ezekiel Elliott had multiple awesome seasons. Not a peep outside of his rookie season. Like Derrick Henry, like Saquon Barkley. Like Derrick Henry... Derrick Henry didn't win the, a fucking award when he had 2,000 yards. 2,000 yards. Nobody cared. Because I think Patrick won it. But it's just, I don't know. He didn't even get fucking nominated, I don't think. Or I think he did, but it, it wasn't like a serious nomination. Like people, there was that lady that was like, Lamar's not quarterback yo, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, and, and, and she was like, well, Christian McCaffrey should win it. And it's just like, dude, Derrick Henry had 2,000 yards in 2019 and he didn't even get fucking, he didn't get the fucking award. People were actually campaigning so hard for for um for Derrick Henry and not Derrick, excuse me, but for Christian to win it. It's like ugh, it's just ridiculous. Lamar won it. Congratulations to Lamar. Everybody knew that he was gonna fucking win it since day fucking one. And that's the NFL honors, except for the Walter Payton the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, which just Yuck. Maybe not yuck, but just I don't know. Hold on. Sorry, I'm just on Twitter. I haven't been on Twitter in like 24 hours almost because... Oh, Cam Hayward wanted. I just saw it. Okay, now I can just exit out of this. Hold on. Wait, hold on. Sorry, I'm on Twitter now for like the first time in like 24 hours because I've been waiting to uh to watch the NFL honors so that way I wouldn't get spoiled, but now it's like I got it. Hold on. Now I'm just like watching memes on Twitter right now. You know what? I mean, everybody's also talking and memeing on the Super Bowl and how the Super Bowl is the Usher show now. Can I be honest with you? 
when they announced Usher as the uh, as like the halftime performer, I was like, "Well, it looks like we got another mid, <laughs> a fucking mid Super Bowl halftime show." You know, like I thought Rihanna, I, I thought like the worst Super Bowl halftime show we've had in a long time was the Travis Scott Maroon 5 one. And that was when, like, no performer would work with the NFL. And so the NFL had to, like, scramble. They're like, ah, 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 ah. like, they were trying to figure out, like, anyone, if anyone could uh, could come in and, like, do the halftime show. And nobody would. And so they were like, uh, we'll have Travis Scott and Maroon 5. And we'll do a tribute to SpongeBob because the creator of SpongeBob died. And he had this awesome um, halftime award thing. Uh, on the TV show, and we'll kind of do that, but we'll introduce Travis Scott when we're doing that instead of just playing the SpongeBob thing, and it was just so fucking bad. But, um, yeah, uh, that was the worst. I think Rihanna was okay. I think she did a serviceable job. I still love Shakira and Jay Lopez's. That was awesome. But uh, I hope they're they're invited back. I don't know if they will be. But, um, obviously, West Coast... L.A., Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, uh, Kendrick Lamar, all the boys and girls that were there. Anderson Pac was there. Eminem, obviously. Mary J. Blige. Fitty. 50 Cent. And it was an overall great performance. It felt very L.A.-like. Um, sure, I guess, Usher. All right. It's just like you couldn't get Post Malone. You know what I mean? You couldn't get Post Malone. Post Malone is like a huge Cowboy fan. You couldn't get Post Malone. You couldn't get... Uh, who else is like... I mean, Billie Eilish's music... As much as I love Billie Eilish's music, her music is like... It doesn't fit with the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? But I think she would do great, obviously. Um, I was about to say Juice World, but uh, like Juice World's music... Juice World's music is depressing, but it's not like slow tempo. Slow tempo. Eh, you may be able to get... Billie Eilish, but I don't know if Billie Eilish would have wanted, would want to do the halftime show. Same thing goes for Olivia Rodrigo. I think she would go bananas. They don't really have any young artists and they really don't take a lot of risks now. Uh, who else? I mean, they've done Beyonce twice and Beyonce always fucking kills it. They got to put Beyonce on retainer too, just in case. Cause Beyonce's a fucking world beater. I'm trying to think. I'd like to see Cardi B, Megan the Stallion. Fuck's sake! This is so fucking depressing. Now that I think about it, they could have and really should have gotten the Migos one of these years, one of the last couple of years before Takeoff passed. I mean, obviously we didn't know no Takeoff passed, but the Migos should have been on, you know, at halftime. My God, they would have, they would have gone bananas as well. Oh gosh, so fucking sad. <sighs> but it, like they're they also have like a lot of cussing and the NFL does not like that as well. I don't know. It feels like one of these years it, like maybe Justin Bieber is going to do it or something like that. Like just a huge they always go for pop stars. They always have these uh non-risky halftime shows. I remember reading this article about halftime shows where it was on like a rock and roll magazine website. And they were like, these are the top 10 rock bands that are going to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, these guys, like these bands will never perform at the Super Bowl, right? They'll never perform. 
I think we're past that age of of like having rock bands play at the Super Bowl for the most part. Like unless you're Maroon Five, but they're like pop rock. You know what I mean? Like maybe the Foo Fighters, but probably not. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't really know who's left. Because it feels like like most celebrities, most artists, they're not jumping at the chance to like perform at the Super Bowl now. They kind of see it as like a waste of time. Because they're not really... I mean, I what was it? Like a couple of years ago, they were just recently paid. And now it's like the NFL is just so fucking dirt cheap. If they paid the artists a shit ton of fucking money to come out, they would perform. But every single artist now, especially the big ones, are like, bro... We have so many different outlets to reach our fans, to give our fans music. Like Prince did it. Prince, like Prince, hold on. Excuse me. Prince and Michael Jackson did it. And it's like the Super Bowl halftime show is a prestigious, or at least it was a prestigious, like, event. Like more people watch the halftime show than the fucking Super Bowl. And so there's actual, like, reasons and legitimate reasons to perform at the halftime show but then it's just like artists are like we're not doing that shit for free and it felt like for years they had to or maybe not even felt but they had to do it for free and it was just like guys i'm not doing that shit i just sometimes how the nfl does business not even sometimes but like how the nfl does business sometimes is just it's just ridiculous ridiculous it's just they're like it's a privilege to work with us you know so be be grateful that you get to do your little song and dance and then leave, you know, because we have a lot of people that would kill to be in your spot. And now they kind of don't. So I don't know. I don't know. Usher, man. Usher. For like the longest time, I couldn't figure out like which is which Usher or Chris Brown. To me, they were like the exact same person because they kind of did the exact same things. So, I don't know. God, man. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning, so there's really not a lot good on. So, I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll watch Scooby-Doo Where Are You on Cartoon Network. Because I just, I went over to like Nickelodeon to record the Super Bowl on it. And they're showing Paw Patrol. I was like, eh, I don't want to, like, I'm I'm too old to watch this shit. But then I was like, I mean, goodness gracious, I always love Scooby-Doo. You can't stop me from watching Scooby-Doo. They had that Scooby-Doo TV show. Oh, my God. The Scooby-Doo Guess Who TV show where it's literally supposed to look like, I mean, it looks fucking fantastic. The animation looks great. But the premise sucks. The premise of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, is essentially... God damn, the animation looks fantastic. It really does. It really does. But the premise of that TV show is that you have a bunch of like celebrities come in on a weekly basis and guest star on this TV show. And it's just like, why? Why is this a thing? You could... Man, it's just... People are so uncreative sometimes when it comes to some of this stuff. Hey, let's have a Scooby-Doo TV show, except uh, not good. I've been killing for a new Scooby-Doo TV show. Now I get. Now I guess I have to watch Scooby-Doo Where Are You and Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated again 
to get a good fix of Scooby-Doo. Ugh, gosh. Anyways. Uh, as I was saying. Who is this? Who's who's the guest star? Keenan Thompson? Keenan Thompson is the guest star? I don't know. Ugh, gosh. I thought it was I thought it was somebody else. Man. Anyways. Let me talk about football. Let me talk about the Super Bowl. Kind of premised not premised it, but I kind of previewed it a little bit, talked about it a little bit. There's a weird kind of scenario that's happening right now where Patrick Mahomes is an underdog once again in the playoffs and Brock Purdy and the 49ers are the ace. They're the Lions share or the Lions side. They are the favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. And I think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a, a blowout in favor of Kansas City. I think the 49ers are a football team that really, I don't even know why they're getting, sorry, the accolades, the awards, the attention that they're getting. I mean, obviously they're the representation of the NFC, but to me, it's just like, I don't, I don't get why people think they're better than Kansas City, especially by what we've seen over the last couple of weeks in the playoffs. Like Kansas City's playing better football. 49ers almost lost two games. That they should have won. Like, Green Bay shouldn't have been in that game at all. They almost beat the Niners. And then Detroit had, like, over 100 yards of rush in the first half. And they were down by, like, 20-something points. It's like, how? Or I think it was 18 because I think it was, like, 21-3. to But it's like the 49ers, to me, should have lost two weeks in a row. They pulled it out based off of the mistakes of the opposition, right? Jordan Love's game-ending interception at the end of the uh, the game, and also Detroit's just weird approach to the running game, both offensively and defensively. Like, their running game in the second quarter or the second half of the game got shut down, and their defense's ability to stop the run also just was non-existent as well. And I was just like, I, I, don't, I don't get what they're doing. I really don't. Just like how I don't get how they're doing what they're doing with this new Scooby Doo TV show. I mean, it looks really good. This is a four-year-old TV show. The Scooby Doo and Guess Who? I mean, this episode was made in was released in 2022. And I was like, I was watching this and I was like, holy fucking shit, this looks good. The animation style looks excellent. I mean, now now they got me curious. I'm like, what's going on with this TV show? It probably wasn't very good, but I was like, again, the animation is awesome. Oh, and guess who? That's what it's called. Is it still ongoing? Ugh, sorry about that. No, it's not. Kind of like, thank God, to be honest with you. Wow. I said two, three years, something like that. <clears throat> sorry. Going back to what I was talking about. I have a lot of tabs open. Oh, gosh. Oh yeah, I was talking. I was like, "What was I talking about?" 
Super Bowl. Niners. Niners Chiefs. I've kind of spoiled it already. I think the Chiefs are going to win. Niners play weird football all the time. Secondary, I think, can get exposed. I think Brock Purdy, and I've said this for the last four weeks, I've said whenever Brock Purdy gets anything put on him, whenever he cannot rely on Christian McCaffrey to do everything for him, he sucks. He sucks. And I thought about this this year. Or not this year, but this past week, maybe a couple of days ago. I was like, we don't give credit to Jimmy Garoppolo for the success of the San Francisco 49ers during his tenure there. Like, we don't say, man, Jimmy Garoppolo is a top-tier, top-flight quarterback. When he left, technically when he was exercised from the 49ers, we didn't say, man, they just lost a good quarterback. We said, eh, Shanahan will replace him. Nobody thought Garoppolo was irreplaceable because everybody thought that Garoppolo was a product of the Shanahan scheme. And so, again, for some weird reason, people were like, it's Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's the guy. Brock Purdy's this. Brock Purdy's that. Brock Purdy has essentially done what Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo did in his first like full time starting as a as a starter for Shanahan. He goes to the Super Bowl. It is very weird the conversations people are willing to have about Brock Purdy. I don't think that he is a good quarterback. I don't think without Shanahan, I don't think that he would be relevant. I just, I just don't see it. Sorry, I'm just kind of looking at some stuff here. Just on Twitter right now. Just trying to see what's going on here. All right. Let me see what's going on. Let me. I got to like reorganize my tab. Sorry, I'm a little bit tired right now. I did not get a lot of sleep this morning. Yeah, so. (sighs) I'm getting a little bit distracted here. 49ers versus the Chiefs. A lot of people have been talking about dynasty and legacy. And I mean, we talk about this every single year with Patrick Mahomes. And I think last year or really in 2020, this conversation got started. Is Patrick Mahomes' legacy over and done with if he doesn't win another Super Bowl or whatever? I kind of hate these narratives and these and the, like the subject matter because it's so predictable. The conversation always has a logical conclusion. Nobody can kind of think of anything interesting or relevant to discuss with the topic at hand. But this year, and this year is kind of more or less the same, like, it's talking about whether or not Patrick Mahomes can surpass Tom Brady. And now we're on to that conversation, which it's fucking boring to me. It's just like, yes. But at the exact same time, I just, I don't know. I just, the conversation around the Super Bowl is a bit obnoxious, to me at least. And um, about Patrick Mahomes is also like, just, ugh, gosh, it's just so ridiculous. Now I'm watching, what is it? Neighbors Sorority Rising 2. And it has uh, Chloe Grace Barretts in it, who I've had a crush on since I was a little kid. Isn't she married now? I thought she was. Oh, gosh. I've, I like, ah, oh, gosh. I love Chloe. 
my god. Ever, I think ever since, ever since I think, ah, oh gosh, it's, you know what's so fucking weird about, about, like, Chloe Grace Moretz? She's literally one of the only actors or actresses that I watched when I was a kid that I still, like, can still watch in movies and TV shows as an adult, and she's still kicking ass, too. That's, that's just, that's the weird thing. All the way back to like Big Mama's house, what was it, one or two? To like Hit Girl on Kick Ass and like a bunch of other shit. Carrie, she was in Carrie, the new one. Oh my gosh. And we are back. I, oh gosh, I apologize. I just figured out, this happened a couple of days ago where, I apologize, but um, this happened a couple of days ago or a week ago or something like that where, I don't know how it came undone, but the micro, not the microphone, but the cable connecting the microphone to my computer came undone. And when it comes undone, obviously I just, like it just it keeps on recording but i don't i don't have any i don't have anything like there's no sound coming out give me like one second hold on actually no hold on don't hold on it's like i'm back after i don't know 20 30 seconds of being gone i was talking about the super bowl and i was talking about how i'm just i have nothing to add to it because it's just it feels like the conversation has already been just like had about it there's been a lot of subject matter and topics that have been discussed surrounding the Super Bowl. You want to know the problem with not having Tom Brady in the Super Bowl anymore? Let me get some hand sanitizer really fast. Oh, gosh. Hold on. Give me like two seconds. Two more seconds. Give me it. Hold on. Two more seconds, hold on. 
Anyways, you want to know, like, the negatives of not having Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. It, like, in my opinion, it is that we don't get, um, we, like, people do not have obvious narratives to discuss. Like, for four or five years, it was, is Tom Brady going to be the GOAT? Can he win X amount of Super Bowls? Uh, can this team beat Tom Brady? Uh, what about Bill Belichick? Whatever the case may be. That was essentially the narrative surrounding it. Now it's like people don't really know how to talk about Patrick Mahomes and or the Chiefs. And usually it's not very good. Like here's my perspective on the Chiefs and on Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick, and I've already said so. I've already said he's the second greatest quarterback of all time. I think he's probably going to chase Tom Brady for the rest of his career. And I think I think he's just... He's just clearly better than every quarterback we've ever seen outside of Tom Brady. Like, we, I've only seen him play for six years, and it's obvious that he's better than everyone else besides Tom Brady, and it's not even close. Like, Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas, John Elway, uh, Steve Young, uh, Peyton Manning, like, better, 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 like, so much better, way more success than all of those guys. And people are now using the basketball analogy in term like, oh my God, oh, he plays in a different generation. And no, he doesn't. He pretty much played in the exact same era as Peyton Manning. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Same quarterback. And let me put it to you like this. I put Patrick Mahomes in the 80s and the 90s. He's still Patrick Mahomes. He's still Pat. He may not be able to get hit the way that he's getting hit now. He's still Patrick Mahomes. Some people would have a ridiculous argument with me and say, well, no, he's not 24. And it's just like, so you mean to tell me that Patrick Mahomes won't be able to throw 60 yards down the field? That he won't be accurate? That he won't be poised? That he won't make smart decisions? That he won't adjust his play? You obviously haven't seen Patrick Mahomes play. You are not familiar with his game if you think that all he's going to do is just get hit in the 80s and the 90s, and then that's going to take him out. Did you watch him play in the Super Bowl last year? Did you watch him play in the AFC Championship game last year? Did you watch him play in either did, If you did watch those games, you would have seen him play on one leg. One leg. Don't talk to me about It's different generations, and old people always say that. In different generations. In different generations. It's just like your generation doesn't matter when a player that is this great playing at this level goes to your generation. He would slaughter you. That's just what would happen. He would slaughter your generation, just like he's slaughtering this generation. Some people want to remember how tough they were, and they inflate their egos. They inflate how tough they were. We ran through the... We ran... We walked to school both ways, uphill. We fought bears outside. It's like, no, you didn't. Shut up. You're old, you're tired, and nobody cares about your generation. That's why you have to overinflate your own accolades and awards. Shut up. Nobody gives a shit. I don't. I don't care how tough your generation, how tough you think your generation was. But I'm interested to see what Patrick is going to do. I'm interested to see next year. I mean, this season for me is already done and over with. I'm interested to see once again if anyone can challenge Patrick and the Chiefs. And more so, I'm also interested in seeing if the Chiefs can actually help out their quarterback. Because they haven't seen it done. Be very interested in doing that for the better part of a season and a half. Get him somebody else, please, and thank you. But it's going to be interesting. It's also going to be interesting to see next season Travis Kelsey and what he's going to do long-term because Travis Kelsey, I mean, he's 34, 35 years old. 
I mean, everybody's talking about Taylor Swift and how, you know, Taylor Swift is, is, uh, how him and Taylor Swift are, you know, together and stuff like that. But at the exact same time, like Travis is, Travis is getting up there in age. I mean, he's still an absolute apex predator at tight end, but Travis is, I mean, how much longer can he play at this level? Like, I think if we're going to have a narrative, if we're going to have a narrative for like the Super Bowl, it should probably be like, how long can Patrick Mahomes play? Not Patrick. How long can Travis play at like this high of a level? You know, he had 93 receptions, 984 yards. It was like a quote unquote down year for him. This was his first non thousand yard reception season since 2015, eight years ago. I'm not saying that's a signifier. I think the offense not necessarily hitting on all cylinders wasn't as a signifier as to like why he's had a down year. But I mean, he's 34 right now. He's going to be 35 October 5th. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, I'm not sure. Not sure. Sorry, I'm scrolling on Twitter right now. I have some miscellaneous stories for you outside of the Super Bowl. Trying to see what's trying to open up some of my tabs here. I got so many tabs. I have stuff for school as well. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I got draft stuff. I got NFL stuff. I'll start with the Chargers and with Khalil Mack once I like open up. Figure out some of these tabs. We'll talk about head coaching changes as well. So weirdly enough, the Chargers are going to try and move on from Khalil Mack this offseason which I I don't understand. And it kind of makes sense in regards to his cap hit because it's a $38 million cap hit. It's, a, it's like first and foremost, uh, Tom Telesco, Brandon Staley, great job. <laughs> you know, like great fucking job. I mean, holy shit, man. Like one of the worst cap hits ever. For any player outside of a quarterback. And Khalil Mack had an awesome season. He had 17 sacks. He was on a terrible team. Coached by a terrible coach. But out of all of the defensive players to move on from, unironically enough, Khalil Mack was your best. It's like, yeah, move on from Khalil Mack, your best player, who was awesome all last year. Move on from him. Why? Because he's expensive. It's just, how about this? Give him another contract. Extend him for another couple of years. Give him some money, etc. Like, the Chargers are already off to a brilliantly bad start. And we're not even a month out from uh, Jim Harbaugh being signed to the team. It just, just doesn't make any sense to me. When I read that report, I was shocked. I was like, why would they move on from Khalil? When Khalil is, like, the only good thing about their defense outside of, like, Duran James, you know? 
kind of, but Jaron James is kind of getting older too. But I just, <sighs> when I read that article, I was just like, that's just so fucking dumb. So fucking dumb. Commanders are expected to hire Brian Johnson to a prominent role in their staff. Brian Johnson was the Eagles' former offensive coordinator. That kind of just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me at all. I mean, Brian Johnson, I don't know, maybe he cracked under the pressure, but it's just, I don't, I'm not, I'm not high at all on Brian Johnson right now. And for the commanders with Dan Quinn, that new head coach to be like, I want Brian Johnson to be the new offensive coordinator or to have a prominent role on the offense. is just bad juju for me. It's like the commanders, even after the whole like Dan Snyder thing and how bad they are as a coaching staff and all that good stuff and organization and all that crap, like they still make dumb, bum ass decisions every single fucking week. Every single week, they make dumb decisions that cause them to lose football games. And I think hiring Brian Johnson will be one of those horrendous, horrendous decisions. Speaking of bad decisions, this was one decision. This was like one clip that I saw of Sean Merriman, Merriman talking about how Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than, uh, than Dak Prescott. Here's, here's Merriman here. Here he is. He's still better than Dak. Top so three. take that Cowboys fan. Top three. I hope they I hope y'all listening out there. He's <laughs> he's still better. He, he regressed, right? I mean, he, this past season because I think the team the team just didn't do well, right? He got injured also too, but the team just didn't do well. He didn't he didn't look that good. I thought the no identity. They couldn't find a rhythm. They were barely winning games. They probably should have blown teams out. You know, so, scoring six points against the Patriots. You know, the, all that stuff is just a horrible horrible way to go about it. Um, and we'll see what you know. Okay, Dak Prescott wants you to play all had a great year, wants you to play got bounced. You know, he'll get a max deal and possibly get bounced again next year. Like, so we'll see. Like, He's still better than Dak. So three. take that Cowboys fan. Top three. I hope they So last season, multiple people were saying the exact same thing. And I was like, look, you know, I, I agreed. I agreed I thought Justin played better. Uh, for the majority of his career than Dak, I thought that, maybe not for the majority of his career, I thought that Justin had a higher ceiling and I felt like he was constantly progressing. And I thought that Dak, we had seen his ceiling until this season where Dak had raised the ceiling even higher than what I originally thought it was. I think Sean Merriman is kind of right in some instances in the sense of like Justin last season, or excuse me, two seasons ago in 2020, two was better than Dak last season he was not and it wasn't even fucking close and we literally have a one-to-one like comparison we have the matchup we have Justin Herbert versus Dak Prescott in fucking crunch time Dak goes down the fucking field in Los Angeles and scores on Justin Herbert scores on him beasts him once again Justin Herbert throws the game inning interception. Like, you may not, like, Sean Merriman wants to have the, those little, you know, those little jabs where he's like, uh, Dallas will max out Dak and he'll probably get bounced in the playoffs again. And it's just like, numb nuts. That's exactly what happened to Justin Herbert two years ago when he fucking couldn't take advantage of a four interception 
game by Trevor Lawrence, and they were up like 28-3, to and they got bounced in the playoffs. It's a fucking joke, you fucking idiot. And then, you want to say, well, you want to essentially provide all of these fucking excuses. Well, he did this, and he did that, and da-da-da-da-da. It's like, dude, Justin had 3,100 yards this season, didn't play for the rest, had a great start to his season for sure. The so-called fantastic season that you said that he had had two years ago when they had gone to the playoffs, 4,700 yards, great. 68% completion percentage, and not very good. Uh, No, that's actually pretty good, actually, excuse me. But the 25 to 10 touchdown to interception ratio and the 93.2 passer rating is like average, bro. What the fuck are you on about? The passer rating that he had when they went to the playoffs was the exact same passer rating that he had this year. The year that you said that he regressed, by the way. Dak Prescott's passer rating was 105.9. That's an elite status, buddy. 36 to 9 touchdown to interception ratio. Like, that's... That's... Better than anything Justin's done all his career. All of his career. He's like, the team didn't perform well. Hey, well, when the defense didn't perform well and they weren't getting all these pick sixes and stuff like that for Dak, what do you, what happened? What happened? They beat Detroit even though they shouldn't have. They almost beat Miami because Dallas's defense played a horrendous game at the end of the game. And they beat the Eagles. I don't know, man. Sometimes you just got to overcome some stuff. Dak Prescott scores 40 points against Seattle, by the way. 40 points. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just he's better than what you think. And you're not giving him his credit. What else did he say? Team's not performing well. He was on a down year. It's like... Sure, but it's his fourth year. It's not like he's a sophomore. It's kind of like the same thing that I was talking about with Justin Fields a couple of days ago, where I was like, I like, it's it's too late for him to have a down year, for him to keep having down years. Granted, the Chargers have not done a whole lot of favors with Justin Herbert. I'd be a hypocrite, and I would be contradictory by saying otherwise. But this whole... Like, he's better than Dak Prescott. Well, if he is, why isn't he going to the playoffs? Why does he not have a playoff win in the playoffs? Why? Why? Why is none of that why why is none of that connected to his career? Playoffs and playoff wins. I just gotta know. Everybody bitches and moans about Dak Prescott's playoffs success or lack thereof. Why is a quarterback that does not have any playoff success? And has gone to the playoffs one time in four years. Why is he not held to a high standard? He's better than Dak? Why? Why? Oh, well, it was the team. It was the team. It was the team. It was like good offensive line, good running game, not a great receiving core. I thought that they were overrated. But he has one guy in Keenan Allen. Dak had one guy in CeeDee Lamb. 1,700 yards. Next. Next. What now? He's not as good as you think. He's not. He's not as good as I thought. He's like, yes, he has a lot of great numbers, but they do not they do not correlate to team overall success. So great job, Sean Merriman, that 
uh, that Herbert is still better than Dak, and I'm willing to put anything on that this year. Okay, put your entire put your mortgage on it, put your fucking salary on it, put everything on it. You said anything, put everything on it, coward. Guarantee you, he doesn't have more wins than Dak Prescott. Guarantee you, guarantee. I'm gonna be like Charles Barkley. I guarantee. Sorry, a little bit amped up. A little bit juiced up. Yeah, Sean Merriman. Unsurprisingly enough, a moron. Kind of a weird thing to come out of NFL evaluation is of some of these young quarterbacks is how high Drake May is on a lot of these these like boards and and it's just there is nothing that I have seen from Drake May that says that Drake May is a better quarterback than Caleb Williams and I'm shocked at how consistent that theme has been like I don't think it's people being opaque and you know using misdirection right to hide their infatuation with a player I think that they actually think that Drake May is on Caleb Williams's level which is ridiculous Caleb Williams gets scrutinized out of the wazoo you know he doesn't win a game with USC who has been a historically bad football team for the better part of two decades almost like people are like oh my god Caleb Williams sucks Drake May goes to UNC nobody knows what's going on down there I don't know what's going on down there. I haven't started my evaluations. I'll start them in a couple of weeks. But nobody knows what's going down there, going down, down there in UNC. Everybody, every single weekend, has freaking 95 different angles of every snap of Caleb Williams because that's what they do. Or not, that's what they do. That's the notoriety and the prominence that he brings to the NFL. And he gets over-scrutinized and people are like, hey, he's not as good as you, you think he is. Watch his damn highlights. Watch his highlights. Watch him again. Caleb, Drake May could be the starter, could be the first quarterback, according to reports, this year. And it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. In the draft, ridiculous. Some of this stuff that I have is kind of useless. Um, I'll talk about the new head coaches here. We'll end with that. And I'll kind of, I, I mean, I'll skim over this. It was that the Giants will reportedly add a veteran quarterback to compete with Daniel Jones rather than a quarterback early in the draft. That just doesn't make any sense to me. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever because the Giants are just, they are in bitter need of a new quarterback. Drake May is not that guy, or not Drake May, Daniel Jones, excuse me, is just not the guy overall. I cannot believe they spent $40 million on him. I mean, again, like Tiki Barber said, Tiki Barber said some dumb ass shit. Like, like, uh, Daniel's better than Dak. It's like swing and a miss. Just like Sean Merriman saying that Justin Herbert's better than Dak Prescott. Swing and a miss. But Daniel Jones going back to New York and being the New York quarterback for what will probably be a uneventful season once again, and also, oh gosh, also, I mean, like, what are, what are they going to do in the draft? They've spent a lot of capital on offensive line. They're going to spend probably another top-tier pick on, de- on not defense, but on wideout. 
uh, what's his name? What's his name? The guy from Maryland. I forgot his name. The guy that was talking shit about Terry McLaurin. I just, Deontay Banks. I think he's overrated. Not even overrated. I just don't think he's a good cornerback because when he was talking all that bullshit against Washington, he sure wasn't talking any bullshit against the Cowboys or against the Eagles. I think the Giants are in trouble, and I just I think that they have to make some really tough decisions, and going with a veteran QB is not one of them. It's like moving on from Daniel Jones is the tough decision that they have to make. I'll talk about the new head coaches here. And I'll start, this is according to Pro Football Focus. New head coaches are Dan Quinn for Washington, Mike, McDan- uh, Mike McDonald for Seattle, Raheem Morris for Atlanta, Dave Canales for I probably can't even say his fucking name right. Dave Canales for the Panthers, Jim Harbaugh for the Chargers, Brian Callahan for the Titans, Antonio Pierce for the Raiders, uh, Gerard Mayo for the Patriots. Let me tell you who's going to already. I'll tell you already who's not going to last. Dan Quinn for Washington, and we'll start there. Let me take a swig of my water. Hold on. Let me mute my mic so that way you don't have to hear me drinking. Hold on. So, Dan Quinn for Seattle. Not Seattle. Washington. Terrible pickup by Washington. Terrible team by Dan Quinn to pick. Horrendous. In my opinion. And the fact that... Like, I I can't believe Dan Quinn is actually here. In Washington. I mean, not here. I don't live here. But I, I cannot believe that he's coaching the Commanders. After playing against them for the better part of three years, he's like, this is the team I want to go to, a god-awful Washington Commanders team without Montez Sweat or Chase Young and an overrated cornerback in Emmanuel Forbes. On a team that needs another quarterback, I can't spend draft capital on a top-tier pass rusher like I could in Dallas with Micah Parsons. No, we're going to have to draft a quarterback, and that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to have to do which I just, I can't believe. I cannot believe that he would go there. Um, I, I think, and I've quoted the stats from his tenure out at Atlanta. I was like, after Kyle Shanahan had essentially left, it was it was like nothing. It was like he, he could do nothing, right? Before Super Bowl, Matt Ryan's an MVP. After, they, they're terrible. They're terrible. And then it's like you look even deeper at that coaching staff. It's like, on that coaching staff with Dan Quinn, it's like Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, like Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur. Who's uh, who's that guy? Taylor. Zach Taylor as well. Like just awesome coach after awesome coach after awesome coach or prominent coach after prominent coach after prominent coach. We're on that Atlanta squad and they didn't stay. None of those guys stayed. They all followed either Shanahan or McVay to Los Angeles or San Francisco. And it's like now he's going back. And now he's trying to poach some of his guys from Dallas. And Dallas has correctly blocked the commander's attempts. At being able to get a cowboy or cowboy's assistance. Intelligent job. Or smart job by the cowboys. But Dan Quinn is on an island. And he's in a bad spot. And he's got to recognize that he is not important. It is his offense that is important. We'll see what happens. Mike McDonald, um, another coaching hire that I just, I hate, hate it, hate it. Uh, reason why I hate it is because I have no idea who Mike McDonald is. I think he, who was he before he became Seattle's 
head coach. He was the defensive coordinator, I remember. He's the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, right? Seattle needs another offensive coordinator. I mean, these two teams, especially out of all of the teams, I think, except for Washington, not Washington, except for the Chargers, like Washington and Seattle, they needed an offensive mindset head coach. And they just didn't get one at all whatsoever. They got two defensive coordinators on two teams with two of the best wide receiving cores in the NFL. Jahan Dotson and, and Terry McLaurin with Washington, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and the Jigba for Seattle, plus Kenneth Walker, the running back as well, who's pretty good. Like, stupendous offense for Seattle. They need to figure out their offense. And they have two, not one, two defensive head coaches. It's just like, yeah, that's going to work out pretty well for you. All right. <clears throat> Raheem Morris. I I thought that he deserved a shot, but then the first thing, and I could be I could be misjudging him because of his press conference. First thing he says out of his mouth, or or the first thing that I see from his mouth as the uh, as he's getting introduced in Atlanta is, uh, yeah, I like uh, Drake London and also Bijan Robinson. Those are our two best players on offense. And he completely left out Kyle Pitts, which is just insane to me. Maybe it was a mistake. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But the fact that he just wasn't like, yep, Kyle Pitts is one of our guys, a little bit concerning. Also, I don't like Raheem Morris to Atlanta because Atlanta is supposed to be an offensive team. Like, what is this? This is the second defensive coordinator in the NFL over the last couple of years. And it's just like, I'm like, bro, hey, uh, maybe, maybe we go out and we get a offensive coordinator you know maybe we could have poached one uh, uh one from shanahan or McVay. we get an offensive coordinator to coach our offensive team no they don't do that they go out and they get raheem morris who really doesn't have really any great defensive players i mean they got aj terrell who i like i think he's a really good corner but it's just man is atlanta just Swing and a miss. I don't even know who Carolina hired. Dave Canales. I mean, talk about a fucking. I mean, this is this this is this isn't a strikeout. This is like when Charlie Brown gets the the football pulled away from him by that girl in the blue dress, Betty or Becky or whatever his name is. Her name, her name is, and he freaking he literally tries and fails so badly that he literally in a cartoonish spin wafts into the air and lands on his skull every single like that's how big of a failure this hire was dave canales swing and a miss swing and a miss jim harbaugh to the chargers interesting pickup we will see what happens long term but there i'm not a big jim harbaugh guy but we'll see we'll see what happens long term brian callahan all right, sure. I'm going to I'm going to be interested in these final 3 candidates' philosophies on how to solve their individual problems. Brian Callahan for Tennessee, Antonio Pierce for Las Vegas, and Gerard Mayo for the Patriots. All three of those guys have interesting challenges in their respective teams and in their respective locker rooms that they have to solve. Gerard Mayo of the Patriots, they have to figure out their quarterback. Antonio Pierce for the Raiders has to figure out their quarterback as well because they, God help them. They don't have one. They need another one. Brian Callahan like needs a quarterback. needs a wide receiver. needs more defensive players. needs a philosophy. needs to understand how they're going to draft. Like, There's a lot of things that all three of those guys need to learn and figure out that 
is pretty significant to the welfare and to the structure of their team. And we'll kind of take it from there, if I'm 100% honest with you. But um, anyways, Super Bowl this weekend, I'm exhausted because I had horrendous amounts of sleep last night. Thought it was going to be a three-hour-long podcast. Thought I was going to talk about NFL honors longer. NFL honors fucking sucked because uh, it always sucks. And I'm going to see you tomorrow for Music Matters. We'll talk about Taylor Swift cleaning house. We'll talk about Olivia Rodrigo getting snubbed. We'll talk about all that, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow, 24th podcast.